this is Sophie Lawson from sophielawson.com. <laughs> Did you hear that? It was a little burp. And this is episode 43 of the Sophie Art Podcast, which is a little podcast I do about art and things. And this one's going to be all about lucid dreaming practice. I'm going to talk about some things that I've that I do that I found to be helpful and also talk about how lucid dreaming is like an investment and I'm struggling to try to get it in balance with everything. So this one was going to be about SVS Learn but I promise that will be the next one because I'm still studying from svslearn.com and the reason it's going to be the next one is because this week I started doing sculpting like with clay and I want to do I want the podcast to include sculpting so I'm going to I'm going to leave it into the next one so that I can talk about that as well but I do love svslearn.com and I'm really looking forward to doing that podcast but this one is mainly about lucid dreaming we also have the book book which is book book number seven and it's going to be about journeys out of the body by Robert Monroe again so I've nearly, I've pretty much finished the book now, and there's something that relates to lucid dreaming that I wanted to talk about. So that's this week's book book. Um, there we have the little art tip, which is number twenty, and it is to draw what you love. And we have fascinating fact number two, which is all about the amount of time that the average person spends in a lifetime dreaming. So that's what's coming up on this episode. You can find show notes and stuff at sophielawson.com and you can also find my videos on YouTube at youtube.com slash sophielawson. So the main topic is lucid dream practice and I'm just going to talk about, I think I've got five little things written down that I found have been really helpful in um, helping me with lucid dreaming. And the reason I'm talking about this is because the last episode was all about planning. And what I had done was I had planned eight hours of sleep. And everything else was pretty much art. And with a couple of hours before bed where I would do lucid dream practice. But what I noticed in that first week was it just wasn't working. And what I've since noted or realised is that lucid dreaming at least for me it takes it requires a lot more time sleeping because what I've what I've I've been doing because I've got this dream diary and I write everything down but in my passion planner I've been tracking the amount of time I I, I spend sleeping I also track um, any dreams that I'm having so if I have a lucid dream I'm tracking that and I'm tracking what I'm doing before I go to sleep so I can try to work out what is working And what I've found out is I really need 12 hours, well, 10 to 12 hours. 10 to 12 hours seems to be the magic, seems to be the magic point for me to have, like, increase the chances of lucid dreaming. And the problem with this is I'm trying to do all this art stuff as well and to spend, to dedicate 12 hours to lucid dreaming I I, I, I kind of didn't want to do that, but I think I have to do that. Um, so that's where I'm struggling. I'm trying I'm, at the moment. I'm struggling with realizing that 
lucid dreaming does take a lot of um, energy and effort and so I'm going to have to sacrifice things but I'll talk about that in a minute what I do and the reason that I talk about lucid dreaming a lot on this podcast is because I really know that it is like really helpful for creativity so it's it's good for like if you're writing books novels you can come up with ideas so you can go into lucid dreams and experience things which you can talk about and write about and these are like really magical things that you just wouldn't I don't think you would ever be able to come up with them on your own and then like I just think about the future when the sort of things you could do with lucid dreaming if you're good at painting and stuff you know it's just there's so much potential there but it's also really good for healing and stuff like that and something I've noticed is that a lot of artists we tend to be introverts and that is something that I am still struggling with and I know there's a difference between like social anxiety and introvert but there is is very close and I really feel like lucid dreaming helps or can help with I, I guess like accepting introvert and social stuff so it's it's got so many like benefits and stuff so I'll talk about some of the ways it's helped me as well um, so that's why I talk about lucid dreaming a lot on the podcast so this one I'm going to talk about five little things I do which I have found to be really helpful and the first one is Robert Wagner's little tip about looking at your hands before you go to bed you look at your hands you stare at your hands and for, for five minutes you just repeat over and over tonight in my dreams I'll see my hands and realise I'm dreaming tonight in my dreams I'll see my hands and realise I'm dreaming so I've been doing lucid dreaming now like practicing it for it must be about 10 months and one of the first things I learnt was Robert Wagner's thing about looking at the hands but I never really did it because I didn't feel like it was working for me but the reason I now realise the reason it wasn't working for me was because I wasn't I wasn't really doing it properly what I was doing was I was looking at my hands and saying tonight my dreams I see my hands and realise I'm dreaming but after about a minute I was kind of getting a bit bored of it because it is a little bit tedious and it's it's a little bit well, yeah, it's a bit tedious to just sit there looking at your hands. Tonight I'm dreaming, see my hands, realise I'm dreaming. So I, I wasn't doing it properly because... But I, I thought I was, but I wasn't. And it's only now, because what I've started doing is... I listened to a, a podcast with Robert Wagner, and he said about setting an alarm for five minutes. And then, so I've started now, for the last week or two, I've been setting a five-minute alarm. And then what I'll do is... I have to look at my hands for those five minutes. Even if it gets really tedious, I have to do it because I know that it's going to work. So, and that has helped a lot. But it's amazing how how long five minutes actually is when you're just doing that. Um, so, but that has helped. And the reason I know it's helped is because the last week I've had a couple of dreams where I've actually been looking at my hands. And one of them, there was this bowl of water... And I threw my my hands into the water, and that's what made me become lucid. And I didn't realise it was only later when I was writing in my dream diary, and I wrote, 
um, I threw my hands into a bowl of water and I became lucid. And then I wrote, why did I become lucid doing that? And that's when I realised that it's because I looked at my hands. And there's been another, there was something else the other day. Oh, the other day I was, I had a lucid dream where I was, I looked at my hands. But I looked at my hands after I had become lucid. And it's like my hands were sort of transparent. It was really weird. But so I've noticed that I'm looking at my hands a lot now. So I know that that one does work, but that one requires, you know, you really have to force yourself to, to commit to that one. That's probably the one that is the least fun, I would say, but it does seem to be working. The next one is something I find really helpful, is to listen to lucid dreaming stuff before bed. So what I do is 30 minutes before bed, I will just... Um, randomly search YouTube for lucid dreaming and I'm normally looking for either Robert Wagner, Dr. Claire Johnson, uh, Keith Hearn and sometimes Stephen LeBurge um, and also Charlie Morley sometimes but I, the three people that I really like a lot are Robert Wagner, Claire Johnson and Keith Hearn. Keith Hearn doesn't do many but I find him really fascinating uh, Claire Johnson's done quite a lot and Robert Wagner's done quite a lot as well and I even sometimes just repeat them so even if I've already heard them I'll just listen to them again because I always seem to pick up new things and a lot of them are like multiple hours long so you can easily get like a couple of weeks worth off of YouTube and the reason I think this helps is because you're going to bed thinking about lucid dreaming because it's, it's in your head but the thing is, I don't. I'm not watching the videos. I'm just playing them in the background, whilst I'm sketching. So I'm. I'm also like improving my drawings, and it's just a nice, fun, relaxing way to get into sleep, to get into bed, like into sleeping. <laughs> and something else I've noticed is that these. Um, this seems to come into the dreams as well because I've had so many dreams where I seem to be interacting with people who are good at lucid dreaming like one time and this was quite mad I woke up and I was in my bed but I had like a some sort of monk sat on my bed in like a some sort of meditative like stance and what he was doing was he had this telescope it was him that made me become lucid and he had this telescope which I could look for this telescope and what it did was it allowed me to focus on anything so I could look for this telescope and I could for instance if I put it look through the telescope and I was looking at say my my mirror I was able to focus on stuff in between me and the mirror so this telescope was allowing me to <laughs> it was allowing me to focus on like things inside of the space almost like it was allowing me to focus on atoms or something it was really weird, but well, I woke up from that and I realised that, that that monk, he was teaching me how to focus. Because he, he, what he also did was he said, what he did was he said, if you think about it raining, it will rain. So he did it first and it started raining in my bedroom. And then he, he stopped that and then he said, right, now you try it. So I, I thought, I was, at first I thought, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, but I thought, it's, it's now going to start raining. And it started raining and I thought, wow, I've actually done it. And then I thought, let's see if I can do this. So I said, it's now going to start snowing. 
and I actually started making it snow in my bedroom and that was like one of these crazy dreams and I've had a lot of those where it seems like wise people are coming into my dreams to help me and I feel like this is because I'm listening to lucid dreaming stuff before bed and I've had a lot of dreams as well where um, lucid dreaming people have been on monitors inside of the dream but a lot of the time I, that doesn't trigger me to become lucid but I wake up thinking wow there's actually people in these dreams who are helping you so that's definitely something I think is a really helpful thing to do it's probably it's probably one of my most fun things because you're learning about lucid dreaming and you can also do something else at the same time so I do draw sketching because I think it's a nice relaxing thing to do before bed um, the other thing which I think is probably the most important is to keep a dream diary I think my dream diary is now on is it on it's on day 424 and what I do in my dream diary is before I go to bed the first thing I do before I go to bed right as I'm about to go to sleep so the last thing I do what I'll do is I'll flick through my dream diary at the previous day and I'll just read about all of my dreams because then I'm going to bed thinking about my dreams um, and I feel like that helps me I think, think I feel like that helps me just become more aware of my dreams so what I do in my dream diary is I'll write the number so I'll write 423 which is the number this is the number of days I've been tracking my dreams or then I'll write down, am I dreaming? Just to get me thinking about, am I dreaming? At the very top, I write spin, clap and sing. Because what I've noticed is, when I become lucid, sometimes the dreams, like I'm, I'm, I can feel that I'm about to wake up. So you need, you need to do things to stabilise the dream, to keep you in there. And things I've noticed that help me, one is spinning. So if I think about spinning, that seems to help me stay lucid, or stay in the dream. Another thing is clapping, which is a bit weird. For some reason, clapping, maybe it's just because you're distracting yourself by clapping, but that seems to help. And then the other thing is to sing. And it's really funny, this one time I was in a dream, I could feel that the dream was like about to crumble, I was about to wake up. So what I did was I started, I started running along this road, it was like a little path. I was clapping my hands, sort of skipping and singing. Oh, what had happened was I just hit a light switch. I just hit a light switch. And that's what made me lucid. But I was just about to wake up, I could tell. So I started clapping and singing. The lights don't work, so I must be asleep. The lights don't work, so I must be asleep. And then, for some reason, that just made the dream... Put, like, it put the dream into more focus and kept me in the dream. And then I, I actually woke up. Like laughing, thinking about doing that, and then ever since I've just wrote that down. But the one that works the best is spinning. For some, it's always about spinning. I've noticed that there's something about spinning. But in my dream diary, in my dream diary, I also write, "I am lucid dreaming." It's like a little affirmation that I do just to remind myself that I'm lucid dreaming. I write the date so that I can remember what what date this is and then I also write my goal so at the moment my goal is to go back to my 
the place where I was born because I want to I want to basically go into my childhood and just because I'm trying to find out where a lot of my social issues are coming from and I know they're in my childhood because a lot of my dreams have been basically telling me that that's where I need to go and I had a dream where I went what happened was I, I was in this dream and I went into my childhood house and in this like evil voice it just said get out don't come back and I thought I, the dream self because I don't think I was lucid in that one I, I was like I felt more like an ob- observer in that dream and I was observing this dream character opening the door and then this voice said get out don't come back and then the dream character said no why should I but then the voice was so creepy that it woke me up and it was only later in my dream diary that I, I wrote about it and I, I feel like what that was was <laughs> what that was was it was what that was 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 it was <laughs> I feel like what that was was <laughs> it was my what I think it is was it was my subconscious knowing that this is where I'm supposed to be because this is where the answers are and it was telling me to get out because it doesn't want because it's really weird it's like the shadow self or something there's part of you that doesn't want you to face these things because it's afraid and also I think it because it it knows it's gonna if you actually face your fears you're gonna change and it probably doesn't want you to change or something but I'm sure that's what it was so that is my goal now is to go back there and basically just confront whatever the fear is inside of that place but it's proving quite hard to go back there so even though I've had a, I've had quite a lot of lucid dreams this week um, I haven't been able to go back there but I definitely think a dream diary is probably the most important thing and again this is a fun thing because even if you don't become lucid you're going to start remembering your dreams and it's just amazing it's it's amazing to see what you're dreaming about some of the dreams you have are so bonkers and then some of the dreams are so amazing like i wake up from dreams and i know that i have i've been to another place and i'm and i'm interacting with these amazing people and i'm just thinking to myself how many dreams are we having each night where we're not even aware of what we are doing we could be having some amazing like wisdom given to us and we're not we're not remembering it but that doesn't mean we're not having it it's just it means we're not remembering it but this is why i love the dream diary because like the more and more you write in your dream diary the more you remember and it is like they say you start to notice things that are like popping up all the time and what they they call those dream signs so for instance one of my dream signs it's a bit random but it seems to be sitting on a toilet (laughs) so i've noticed that i have a lot of dreams where i'm sitting on the toilet and so what i've started trying to do is if i am sitting on a toilet i want to in a dream i want to try to say am i dreaming because then i'll be able to realize i'm dreaming so you can use your dream diary to find dream signs which you can then use to help you become lucid so it all sort of comes together um, and the next thing is actually reality checks which is what you can use that's what they like the dream signs helps you with it's it helps you to do reality checks to ask am i dreaming 
but my favourite reality check is light switches, which I've talked about many times. And what it is is, in a dream, light switches don't seem to work. Um, so if you hit a light switch in a dream, if it doesn't work, you know that will trigger you to become lucid. And so what I do is, any time I hit a light switch in the real world, like now, I say, am I dreaming? And if the light comes on and off, like it should, you know you're not, you, you know you're not dreaming, because it's really weird. But in a dream, light switches don't seem to work, which is really weird. But what's really funny is, about this is, so this week, I think it was two days ago, I had a dream, and I was in the passage, and for some reason the dream character wanted to hit the light switch, but there wasn't a light switch there, and. I wasn't lucid, but the dream character said, there's no light switches, I won't be able to come, become lucid. And I woke up and started laughing about that, because it's it's like, um, that's, it's quite funny, because it's as if the dream is saying, you have now put yourself in a position where you need a light switch to become lucid, but you don't. But I should have realised in that moment, I should have realised that I was dreaming, because there was no light switch. And there should have been a light switch. <laughs> so that I think that sometimes the dream talks to you, and it, it was in that moment. I think it was saying, "You can't rely on these light switches. You know, you they are they they will help you become lucid, but you can't rely on them." <laughs> Something like that. I, I certainly learnt a lot from that, and it just it was really funny because there was no light switches anywhere where there should have been light switches. So again, it, it felt like the dream was removing the light switches. And then the other day I had a dream where I woke up and I went to write in my dream diary um, and I hit the light switch to turn the light on and it didn't work. And I hit the light switch about 30 times because I was convinced that I was awake. I could not believe that I was in a dream. And this is the thing that I love about like lucid dreaming is when you become aware that you're dreaming, there's a moment sometimes, it's, it's normally when I'm doing a reality check with a light switch, there's this moment where you are just convinced you're awake. And then when you realise you're dreaming, it's it, your mind sometimes can't handle it. Um, so that one was quite funny. It was like 30, about 30 times I just kept hitting this light switch, convinced that there was <laughs> something wrong. But reality checks are definitely... A really good way to become lucid. It's probably my most favourite way to become lucid. Um, but what that also, the thing with that is, it's always 99% of the time I'm hitting light switches in my bed, which says to me that I'm having a lot of dreams where I'm waking up, which they say are false awakenings. But I wonder, this is why I think false, awake, false awakenings and a lot of dreams are actually out of body. I feel like there's a crossover there, and I'm going to talk about that a bit when I talk about the book book later on. Um, so that's basically the main things I do to become lucid. Another thing I wanted to say about was not moving when you wake up. So when you wake up and you want to write your dreams down, it's really important to not move. And it's a bit weird, but for some reason, your the position of your body seems to keep the memory of the dream inside of it. And again, I think this might be going into the out-body thing. I think you've got like this spirit body and the physical body. 
I think what's what's maybe happening is the the dream is being stored in the spirit body or something. And so when you move, your spirit body isn't moving. So your physical body is. And it must be something like that. It's putting you out of sync. So if you if you stay in the position as when you wake up and don't move, you have a much better chance of remembering the dream. Because I've had so many times where I wake up, I've got this amazing dream that I can't wait to write out. And I'll... I'll like move because I'll go to put the light on and as soon as the light comes on I'll go to write it down and I can't remember it so in like a split second it's gone and it's really frustrating because you can still feel the dream you can f- it's weird you can feel everything about the dream you can feel like how powerful it was but there's no words in your head to be able to describe it and it just it fades away every now and again it might come back later on because what I've also noticed is when I'm writing in my dream diary sometimes as I'm writing the dream that I've just remembered it will trigger a previous dream that I'd forgotten about which is quite weird and sometimes I've been able to get the dream back by like writing in my dream diary later on but it is really it's really annoying when you when you're forgetting when that phase when the dream is fading out of your head I hate that because you know it's like you can't get it back it's quite it's quite um sad actually especially when it's one of those dreams that you are convinced is really powerful but again it, it makes me wonder how many lucid dreams and stuff are we having where we're not remembering them so just like imagine some of the stuff we must be getting up to when we're going to sleep and we're not remembering it's it fascinates me so that's basically the main things that I've found to be helpful with lucid dreaming. But I wanted to talk a bit about how it takes a lot of time. So like another thing actually, there's one more thing is meditation. I feel like meditation is really good for lucid dreaming because it just gets your head into a good place. It gets your head into like a, it empties your head basically so that you can have less things to think about when you're trying to go to sleep so I also meditate what I'm, my little like ritual I guess is to stop drawing and what I normally do is I have something to eat because again I find something I've noticed as well is oh there's another thing as well see I should have wrote these down I've only another thing I, I, I've found to be really helpful actually I'd say this is the most helpful because I've also been writing it in my dream diary what I'll do is I'll wake up and well recently I haven't been doing as much studying I've actually been going back to bed which is what I'm going to talk about in a minute about how lucid dreaming takes a lot of time but what I'll do is I'll wake up and I'll do my automatic writing and I normally have that automatic writing be based around dreaming so I'll be writing about some dreams or stuff like that just so that I'm keeping dreams in my head and then what I'll do is I will write into my into my dream diary I will write the time that I woke up and I will also have I normally have a bowl of cereal and then I'll go back to bed for three or four hours and it's normally then that I have the most amount of dreams so like my dream diary here the other day I I went to sleep at 3.30 p.m but I didn't have any dreams that I remembered and then I woke up at 9 p.m 
I woke up and had some cereal. I went back to bed and then I had a ton of dreams. So there's six hours there where I didn't have any dreams that I remembered. I then woke up and I would have been I would have been awake for about 30 minutes. I went back to bed and I actually had a lucid dream as well. Because what I also do in my dream diary is I, on the like margin, I write if I have a lucid dream. Just so that I can flip through it to see when I'm doing stuff. Like when I'm, I can track when I'm lucid dreaming. So wake back to bed is also a fun thing. And I, I made myself laugh the other day because I, I made up, a, it's called wake back to bed. Because what you do is you wake up and then you stay awake for 30 minutes or something and go back to bed. And for some reason this seems to increase your chances of having lucid dreams. And I think somebody explained it as what it is is your mind is now more awake but your body is still asleep. So you go to sleep and because you've woken up your mind is a bit more awake so you've got more chance of being aware of dreaming. I think that's what's going on. Um, but I made myself laugh because I said instead of calling it wake back to bed I've called it bake back to bed. <laughs> so I say it's bake back to bed and what you have to do is you, you get out of bed bake a cake and then you go back to bed <laughs> I don't know yeah, I think maybe you had to be there it was funny when I said it bake back to bed it also it's like a, a fun way of remembering to do it bake back to bed and I'm sure I might end up having a dream where I'm baking a cake and maybe I'll bake a cake and that will trigger lucidity <laughs> something that'd be funny so but what I wanted to talk about was um, it like takes so much time to do this it, it doesn't have to I don't think but I think it does if you really want to really w- want to get the benefits out of it uh, at least for me eight hours of sleep doesn't seem to be enough to have a lucid dream I might get the odd random lucid dream here and there but it's that four hours after the eight hours which is normally after I wake back to bed it's then that I seem to have the most lucid dreams and stuff but like I said, 12 hours is a lot of time. And what goes back to last episode where I talked about planning. I think what I've what happened was last week I woke up at 12 o'clock to do my studying. And this was just after having done the podcast. And something happened during that lucid dream. And what, I, what, it, what happened was it made me realise that I really have to focus on lucid dreaming. And I'll talk about some of the reasons why I think lucid dreaming is worth investing in. But I'm now in this strange place where my heart is saying, focus on lucid dreaming and focus on studying art. Because I can can put 12 hours into lucid dreaming and I can also put like 3 hours of studying. But if I do that, I can't do anything else. So I've now got this, I'm now in this really weird place of wanting my heart wants me to go all in on this lucid dreaming but my head is saying you've got to do these other things but I don't think I do so there's a bit of conflict there and that's what I'm struggling with I need a wee I always need a wee during these podcasts I think I'm not going to talk about any more about this this bit because I think I need to I need to work it out in my head but I, fi- I think there must be a balance point where you can really focus on lucid dreaming, but also do the other things. Because 
if you go all in on lucid dreaming, that can't really be good for you because you need to be doing other things as well. But I, I wanted to talk a little bit about why I want to invest so much time in lucid dreaming. And I, I feel like it's so powerful for so many things. So you've got all the creativity things, like you can go into dreams and interact with characters that you've created or that you want to create. You can, you can go in there and just find artwork and then bring it back and paint it. So you've got lots of potential for creativity. But you've also, if you've got a lot of mental issues or things that you want, you're struggling with and need to sort out, things that you need to heal from the past, it's amazing for that. And then also, it's just massively spiritual. So you, you can go out and explore and... Like, for instance, you can go into a lucid dream and go out into the universe, like I did the other, the other day with the black hole. And there's something powerful about this, and it just makes you realise just how there's so much that we don't know about this universe. So it's it's just... Um, to me, lucid dreaming is, like, the, the best thing in the world. I can't think of anything better. So it's one... The main thing is it's just a fun thing to do, really. But for me, it's helped me so far. It's helped me deal with like healing from child abuse that I had. It's helped me sort out my relationships with my mum and dad. And like an example of this is, well, <laughs> it's, it, I'm always like this. When I'm doing these podcasts, I, I have so many ideas. I want to talk about them all at the same time. It's also helped me, it will help you become a better person. There's no way you cannot become a better person if you start lucid dreaming. Because what happens is that the more you become aware in your dreams, the more you become aware when you're awake. And if you're aware when you're awake, you just, you can't help but become a better person. So there's just so many benefits to lucid dreaming. I also feel like it's going to really help me with my social like situations i'm trying to improve my social skills basically and find out the source source of them which i know is in my childhood but i can't find them i'm struggling to find them but in the lucid dream i'm starting to scratch the surface i can i can feel it so if you're struggling with things which you just can't get to the bottom of in your head like even meditating, I've been struggling to find out where all these um, social issues I have are coming from. But in dream, you can just go directly into it. But it's like Robert Wagner says, you have to go towards the energy. I think this is key. Lucid dreaming is all about being fearless. So, like that, that time when I went into that house, my childhood house, and that, that evil voice said, get out. But at that moment, I wasn't, I wasn't, I guess, brave enough to face it, so I woke up. But if I can go in there in a lucid dream, with the intention of facing it, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna become fearless and face it. And what normally happens is, these things that are scary, or uncomfortable, they always, when you embrace them, they always end up becoming nice, and they always, just disintegrate basically and then you, when you wake up you're a different person whatever that issue was it goes away 
like my childhood abuse that's kind of gone now like whatever that issue was it's, it's like gone away so this is gonna lucid dreaming is really good for finding peace i guess but um what was i gonna say something about there's something about mum and dad oh yeah so this this is how powerful it can be i'm 38 it would have been five six seven eight 25 years ago when i had this like child abuse and i had never ever spoke to my mum about it because my mum was there when it happened never spoke about it with my mum and then because because of all these lucid dreams i had i was able to heal it on the inside and then i was able to talk to my mum about it and the only reason i could talk to my mum about it which was one of the most amazing conversations we've ever had so it kind of did bring us closer together the only reason i could do that was because of all the stuff i was doing in the lucid dreams so this is again you feel like going into lucid dreams or spending all this time in the dream place you feel like that's gonna um be a negative influence on your waking state but it actually goes the other way it actually makes you just a better person and more aware and more in the moment really so i know how powerful this stuff is and there's one more thing which i know this is probably the most important thing and that is to do with death i mean i've started to realize from what i'm experiencing and also what i'm reading and what i'm listening to is that when we die we are just going to carry on but we are effectively going to go into another dream state i think when we die all that's going to happen is we are going to go into a dream so most people when we die we're just going to end up in a dream totally unaware that we're dreaming just like most of our dreams but if we can focus on becoming aware whilst we're still awake whilst we're still alive if we can become aware in our dreams when we die we might be able to become aware when we're dead so instead of just drifting through that death phase and probably being brought back into another um like into another life because i do i'm starting to believe in um, reincarnation and stuff like that it's it seeming to make sense with all of this lucid dreaming stuff but what it is is if you can become aware whilst you're alive in your dreams i think there is a chance that when you die you could carry that awareness in and then if you can do that who knows what you could do <laughs> instead of being at, at the control of the dream because i think what would happen is your subconscious would make all the decisions and if you've because a lot of my subconscious things are quite negative like how in social situations subconsciously if i'm not aware i will pull back and i'll avoid it because it's a bit frightening but then that's that means i'm going to miss out on interacting with people and i'm just going to limit myself so if i go if i die and my subconscious is it's going to end up limiting me and taking me down a direction that isn't going to be best for me if i can become aware and follow the rule of embracing going towards the energy and being fearless and I, because you would know that you're actually like dreaming effectively you'd know that it's not really real even if because what they say 
is that you're going to come face to face with like pure loving beings and pure evil beings and that might actually be why we don't remember it is because maybe it is like so traumatic or something that it's best that we don't but maybe this is why it's so because a lot of lucid dreaming is to do with fear overcoming fears and maybe it is because it knows if you can overcome the fears in your lucid dreams you'll be able to overcome the fears in death and it i'm sure that that dreams are just testing you constantly testing you almost to see if you're worthy of transcending death that's what i think so i feel like um, lucid dreaming is just going to be massively important even when we when we die and it's quite funny because there's a there's a quote that people say which is there's plenty of time to sleep when you're dead because um because i'm thinking like i'm putting all this time into sleeping which is going to take away time from like producing art and stuff but then i think if i don't do that when i die i will sleep whereas if i put all this time now into like dreaming and stuff maybe instead of sleeping when i die maybe i can become awake (laughs) so plenty of time to sleep when you're dead but i don't want to be sleeping when i'm dead i want to be awake let's get into this week's book book and it's a book that i have talked about before and it's journeys out of the body by robert a Monroe. and the reason i wanted to talk about it on this one is because i was reading it last night just again just before i go to sleep i normally read a book and what he, what he said was he he was talking about like some of the experiments he's done and he's he's basically put them into years so he, he talks about september 1958 to 1959 he talks about the experiments he was doing in like the outer body place and he's talking about his findings and then he gets into he gets into the later stage which is october 1962 to october 1970 and he wrote something that just made me think wow this is exactly what i'm going through at the moment with my lucid dreaming so he's put he started out and he said experimentation was limited during this period due principally to lack of opportunity preoccupation with material affairs took precedence with evaluation of previous work as a secondary effort and what that what that made me realize was that even robert monroe who is i think he's like the grandfather of outer body so he's like a master of outer bodiness even he was struggling with finding the balance between like doing the experimentations to understand the outer body place and also basically like living a life and this is the thing you're trying to you're trying to do all this stuff to, which you know is important but you've you've got things you've also got to do in the real world so it, i just really like that because it made me think wow you know this guy he still pulled it off even though he had a lot of things to do but it also made me realize how out of body is just as time consuming as lucid dreaming and it, it goes back to something else as well because in this in this book Robert Monroe talks about a lot of experiences where they sound just like things I I've been having and I, I've always thought that they were lucid dreams 
but he thinks they're out of body. And I've started thinking that now, like what I've said many times before, especially with false awakenings, which is when you wake up and you think you're awake but you're still asleep, like I'm convinced that they're all the same thing. I, I don't think there's a difference between dreaming and out of body. And I also don't think there's a difference between meditation either, because some meditations I've had, they've been so vividly visual and real, and it's exactly the same feeling as lucid dreaming and out of body. So I think it's all the same thing. It's just, it's, and I never really realised that until reading this book. I started thinking, you know, that this, because I'd always thought maybe it was just the false awakenings that was different. But I'm now thinking that it's actually, it's all the same thing. But this book is really good, actually. I've got, I've only got about 20 pages left. And it starts out a bit weird. I wasn't sure I was going to like it because he's, he's talking, he was just talking about stuff that I thought, I don't know, I don't know if I like this. <laughs> but as you get into it, he starts talking about his experiences. And he, as I've said before, he, he breaks it down into experiments. And it's it's really just fascinating what he's talking about. And especially if you're into lucid dreaming and stuff, you'll start to notice the similarities. But he also gives you ideas on like things to try in the out-of-body place. And he also talks about various like, exercises that he does on how to become lucid. And one of them is spinning which is something I, because what I do is I spin, like, vertically. So I spin as if my head is spinning towards my toes, like that. And it's quite weird, because the other day I had a dream, which was just a regular dream, but in this dream I was actually spinning in my bed, like that. And I woke up from that thinking, like, even my dream self is now practicing out-of-body stuff in in the dream which is weird but the way he does it is he spins the other way so he spins as if his head is going to spin and he's, he ends up looking at his body so I've never actually been able to look at my body in a dream or not that I've remembered because the way I spin is I spin like like vertically I guess and he spins horizontally so I just but I haven't actually tried to do that yet so, again, like I say, he's giving you little exercises that you can go and do for yourself. And when he's explaining them, you do realise that they are going to take a lot of dedication and focus, really. And he also talks about the importance of meditation. Um, and he uses something called hemisync, which is like binaural beats, which you can get them on YouTube. If you look, look for hemisync on YouTube... There's actually one from the Mon Monroe Institute. I'll put a link in the show notes. It lasts about 30 minutes. The Monroe Institute is actually what Robert Monroe created. It's all to do with like outer body and stuff. But this um, hemisync meditation, which is 30 minutes, I've had some really, really weird experiences with that. I've not gone fully out of body, but I've had a lot of moments where I could tell that if I had more confidence in myself and I wasn't afraid I know that I was like a split second away from going out of body because what happens is you start going through this like vibration phase which he talks about in this book 
it's a really weird phase where you're like it's, for me it's like my body goes fuzzy so I've been that hemisync meditation thing which is on YouTube that's actually been able to trigger this um, like vibration phase so I definitely know that he's doing something um, and it's if nothing else it's a really relaxing meditation and something really funny that happens during that is a lot of the time I will fall asleep and I'll fall asleep during the meditation and I'll be able to hear myself snoring which if you think about that if you're asleep and you can hear yourself snoring that means your mind isn't asleep so because how can you how can you hear yourself snoring if you're asleep <laughs> so it just proves that something is happening it's like that meditation is putting your body to sleep and but not your mind but again I'm still at this point where I'm not able to take it to the next level really I'm I'm sort of right at the very beginning phase but it's definitely definitely doing something so I'll put a link in the show notes and that is basically this week's book book Journeys Out of the Body by Robert Monroe I definitely recommend that one then we also have <coughs> a fascinating fact and this week's fascinating fact is also to do with dreams and it's to do with the amount of time that the average person spends dreaming in their lifetime so this isn't the amount of time you spend asleep it's the amount of time you spend dreaming because I, th- I think what it, I don't know the, the facts about it but it's something like two hours of dreaming a night for every eight hours or something something like that <laughs> I should have looked into that but what I do know is that the average person dreams for six years in their lifetime and what it works out as Robert Wagner has again he spoke about this before I think it's every 11 years that you're alive you're spending one year in the dreams so that just shows you how much time you're spending in the dreams and if you can become aware whilst you're dreaming effectively you're going to get an extra year every 11 years you're going to get an extra year where you're awake so I, f- I found that a fascinating fact because I didn't realise like how long we actually spend dreaming so that's this this episode's fascinating fact <coughs> I hope you like that now we have the little art tip and this little art tip is basically to draw what you love and the reason this is important is because if you're not drawing what you love firstly it will show somehow I don't know how but when when you're drawing what you love your drawing shows that you love what you're drawing whereas if you're drawing something which you're you're not you don't love somehow the drawing shows it and I think we can all feel it subconsciously when somebody has done a drawing that they didn't love somehow you can you can see it so it's it's vital for that but it's also important because when you're struggling for instance to get the motivation to draw if you're drawing things that you don't want to be drawing that's going to make it even harder to get into the drawing so if if you're drawing what you love there's less chance that you're going to struggle to draw because you're going to love what you're doing (laughs) which is fun there's a really good example of of this and 
when I first started doing my pencil drawings, I started having people ask me to do drawings for them, like commissions. And something inside of me said, no, I don't want to do that because I want to be drawing what I want to be drawing. I don't want to be drawing what other people want me to draw because, again, I won't have a feeling for it. But one time I said yes, and I did a drawing for somebody where I had to draw, because I love drawing females and femininity, but this drawing was of a bloke. And I didn't really have any excitement for it, but I did it because I thought like it would be a nice thing to do. And it's probably one of my least favourite drawings I've ever done. I really, I almost hated drawing. And it was then that I realised that it is possible to not enjoy the drawing process if you're drawing something that you don't, that you don't love, what you <laughs> if you're drawing something that you don't love. So that was, that was in like 2014, I think. And that's when I, I realised, and from that moment on, I always said, I'm never going to do drawings of things that I don't want to draw because I think if you kept doing that you could end up actually hating drawing and then if it if that went on for long enough I think you could reach a point where even if you sat down to draw what you loved you wouldn't you wouldn't enjoy it anymore because you've actually like you've killed the passion for drawing because you've now associated drawing with this feeling of like not fun basically so I think the most important thing to do is to always draw what you love. And I do believe that that is another podcast. And you know what that means? <laughs> so that's episode 43 of the Sophie Art Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that one. You can find show notes and stuff at sophielawson.com. And pretty much that's it really so all that's left is this week's inspirational quote and it goes to joseph campbell and this is a quote that popped into my head again recently like the last couple of days and it's a quote i found right at the beginning of this little journey and i stuck it on my website and it's it's basically on it's been on my website since the very beginning and for some reason it's as if this quote I know how important it is but I maybe don't want to accept it as truth because sometimes I I do wonder sometimes whether art is nothing more than something that came into my life to help me like transition and become lucid and stuff like this whereas I want art to be like my career maybe it's not meant to be that I do wonder that sometimes and the reason I think that is because sometimes when I especially when I focus on art at the cost and put everything else aside so in other words if I focus on my art and forget about everything else I always end up hitting this horrible place whereas if I focus on my lucid dreaming and forget about everything else which I've done before I don't get that same feeling so that says to me that says to me that maybe art isn't what I think it's supposed to be. I'm not sure. But the quote from Joseph Campbell is, We must let go of the life we have planned so as to accept the one that is waiting for us. Joseph Campbell.
singing? Are they shouting? Are they shouting out in pain? Asking for help? Are they shouting out love? Because they're up there flying about having lots of fun? What are they saying? What are birds saying? See, that one sounds a bit like it's in pain to me. Sounds like it's saying, help, help. And there's one that's laughing, going, <laughs> That sounds like a cry for help. Like saying, it sounds like a, a war cry, like, come on lads, come over here. I always wonder what birds are thinking. <laughs>